0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Leadership Podcast Network.
1: G'day, I'm Scott Sanders, and welcome to The One Thing a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. We continue to deliver on that promise, and one of our uh, long-time listeners uh, and has been on the podcast a number of times, Scott Curtis, joins us today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Now, Scott is the ministry pastor at Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Now, we often talk cricket because Derek is a a cricket tragic, Uh, but let's talk rugby league.
0: I'd love to. I'd love to talk league. <laughs> we are, we have a staff team that's split between AFL and a little bit of league, mostly rugby union probably, and then some non-interest. Actually, one of the um, one of our pastors who has been ragging on league, saying that there's just as many fans in the stands pre-COVID as there is post-COVID. Well, I think
1: I know which staff member that is.
0: Um, we actually, one of the uh, guys from church uh, bought... Uh, you know how they can you can get their photos put in and spectator in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So he's in the crowd for
1: the Gold Coast Titans. Game. Nice. Yeah. Okay, that's Sam, is Sam Hilton in the crowd? No, no it's Pete, it's Witt. Oh, Pete Witt. Oh, Pete Witt. <laughs> okay, Pete Witt's in the crowd.
0: But they're both. <laughs> yeah, they're both. They're both massive Swans record. fans, aren't that's they? That's
1: right. Yeah. Now the one thing is brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Playing Network. We're also part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. So if you're listening from the US, just Google Rugby League, Google Australian Rules Football. Uh, yeah, if you want to have some fun photos, type in Collingwood. Uh, if you want to have some even funner photos, type in Bulldogs, fans, you'll, you'll get some interesting things there. Uh, but you'll also, if you check into the Lifeway Leadership uh, page, you'll also see a whole bunch of really good podcasts as well. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, Restart Your Church Teams. And I want to get really practical. How are you uh, at Hunter Bible Church sort of dealing with team members' reluctance you know, to sort of get back involved and, and kick off again?
0: Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're still early stages of planning, uh, but one of the things that's looking likely that we'll implement is um, three key nights for church to kind of refocus. Um, there'll be um, big biblical preaching on those nights um, and we'll encourage all of church to attend, probably, so this would be online. Um,
1: so when you say refocus, it sounds like that's going to be a big sort of vision, vision piece for the that's whole right. church. Yep. But you'll be using it as well to be really promoting serving in church.
0: Yeah. So that'll be the call to action out of each of those nights is going to be uh, let's get ready to get get going, continue. Like uh, I think we, we want to be careful of the language of um, restarting because we've still been going in serving Jesus, but uh, at the same time we're shifting gears. Uh, to meeting physically, hopefully, in the future. And so managing people, recognising that it's been hard and yet at the same time we want to use those nights to to stir up their convictions to serve Jesus and get on mission. And so, the yeah, the call to action out of those nights will both be getting retrained and using them for training for our people who are in current ministry teams. Um, we'll be re-recruiting. So we're not assuming that people who are in... Pre-COVID teams will necessarily automatically be in those teams when we come back. We want to ensure that we love people well by chatting with them, seeing where they're at, um, and asking them again to come and come and serve on those teams.
1: Have you got a sense of, of how many people are you know going to be in that boat of hey I'm I'm just exhausted you know my, my work has, has drained me and and I just can't I can't give any more.
0: Yeah, uh, not a I don't have a percentage. Um, I think there there'll be a there'll be a small number. Um, there'll certainly be a decent amount of people who will start back anxiously and with a limited capacity yep um and so that uh we want to recognize that and it means that we might not have you know start back with a full bang as we'd love to um and that's okay though we we want to work out where our flock is and um that's part of leading is trying to pass them through that, and and and, and it
1: looks them. like in some senses, I mean, I've seen a number of churches already kicked off this weekend, and they've mm. they've kicked off without a uh, a music ministry. They've kicked off without a mm. kids ministry as well. Yep. Um, we which, which are pretty they're pretty significant ministries on a you know on, a, on yeah. a Sunday gathering. So in some senses, even even when we do go back, there's still going to be a significant chunk of ministry teams that, that are not starting. What are some tips for communicating, you know, communicating that world to people because People love, you know, serving, and uh, yeah. and and they're missing that aspect of ministry life in church, as well as just meeting and being there. They're also missing the opportunity to teach kids, or you know, to play music and serve in that way. How 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 do you communicate these sort of changes? Well,
0: yeah, I think we're wanting to bring church into our thinking more and more. And so, um, as we we've we've kind of done this throughout, but as we continue heading out of COVID, we want to. Um, have key kind of videos, particularly with Greg, our senior pastor, just kind of explaining why we're doing things that way. Um, and generally uh, what we've found is that when you explain why we're doing things um, and give those those clear ideas and the thinking behind the decisions we're making, people are, have been generally really appreciative of that. Um, and there hasn't been heaps of pushback is what we've found at HBC.
1: There've been a number of special teams that have started during COVID. Yep. Um, what you know? How how are you how are you dealing with those those teams? Well, the one I'm thinking about is the live stream team. You know, yep. they're they're going to be exhausted. I would have thought by now.
0: Yeah, the the tech guys. Well, a lot of them were um, serving in uh, kind of our Sunday sound, AV, those kind of roles anyway, and so. There, There's a few key leaders in those teams that I think are going to need, need a break, a bit of a breather. Yeah, and so I mean, we've talked a bit about pastors needing to get rest as we move back in, but we need to think about people in our church who are going to need rest as well. Uh, and that could be a key thing um, to encourage our church is to think about our theology of rest and actually a training. This is a great moment to train our our people and how to rest well for the sake of God's kingdom
1: what about those special teams that have started like you've created mm. special purpose care structures yep. that have, have started you know peculiarly for this time but you potentially a lot of churches might push those again back down into small groups mm. um, and, w- or they're, and they also potentially might be the, the greater need that you needed mm. there's going to be a stopping of those ministries mm. But will some continue? Yeah, have you been wrestling with that?
0: Yeah, so our online team, there's going to be some component that will continue. We're going to try and keep a studio going um, to think about how we can have a a broader online presence, particularly for reaching non-Christians is the the big reasoning behind that for us. Um, So having a a small team that enables us to do that will be a key thing that we'll likely be moving forward on um our we've had a specialized care team that's actually been really great um and been really encouraging um just to see how many people really wanted to jump into that team throughout COVID Um, we've prior to COVID had been um, developing that team and so COVID ramped it up Mm. Um, so we will continue yeah dial it down again though i don't think the need will be as big necessarily but we definitely want to have and be thoughtful about how they're going to interact particularly with our small groups and those who aren't in a small group um, and work out how many we think we'll need so that we can continue that ministry yep. now
1: there are a number of teams that were paused uh mm. be, you know because of code and in some senses it was a pandemic so there's a real you know, there's a real reason for the stop. You know, so you don't have to explain the why. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what considerations are you, um, you know, thinking through as a church before you restart some of those teams? Um, it's tr-
0: one of the, the hard the hard things at the moment. Is just the ambiguity of when they'll restart. So we've we've um, trying to li- be listen and work out the way things have been moving forward from the government. And so our sense is things could actually restart sooner than we th- first thought uh, and so we've um, arbitrarily kind of gone how about we be make sure we're definitely ready by the end of august so that we can have a proactive approach to restarting those teams so we want to start having those conversations now the re-recruitment conversations uh, we're going to have these three big kind of um, vision nights to help generate encourage people get them eager to serve And then we can know that we have those teams set in place to get our systems set in place, kind of like a flywheel. The flywheel stopped; it's a big flywheel for us at HBC, and so um, it's going to create a bit of energy to get it going. And there's two kind of broad approaches we could have had. We could have had a wait and see approach, and then go really hard for two to four weeks when we get the green light that we can meet.
1: could not have. It sounds like you're going to say, we could have done that, we're not going to do that. Is no, that, is we're that gonna go going to go the more proactive okay. approach and okay. try
0: and, um, because a proactive approach, the risk of, I think, the con of what we're doing is if we get to the end of August and we're not meeting, we've got to then go into a holding pattern. And so then we've got to be thinking about, well, how are we going to keep that holding pattern and keep keep that going? Because it could be a bit of an anti-climax.
1: This is a double episode. So if you've been enjoying this episode, tune in to our next one to hear Scott Curtis discuss the theory and theology behind teams. So some ministries have paused. What have you been encouraging team leaders to be doing with those those pause teams?
0: Yeah, so all of our team leaders have been encouraged to keep touching base. They're part of their posse. They're part of their, you know, the people that they just want to love. And so, just continuing to ensure that they're going well, keeping those relationships going,
1: which, which is which is critical. I, I think we, we often think the discipleship structures in church, are, you know, the preaching that happens at the Sunday gathering, mm. and your small groups, and that's the only time that discipleship kind of happens. Nah, <laughs> Not, well, I'm yeah, I'm saying no. Nah, yeah, I agree, I, I agree with you. But at ministry teams are a real place for discipleship, and and often I totally. think for blokes, yep. they're your prime means of discipleship.
0: Yeah, and we want our team leaders to treat them. Uh, as a place where their team members are loved, cared for, we want the, the word of God opened, uh, so that people are being trained, being discipled as they serve.
1: So, uh, how do how do we keep doing you know leadership development in this in this time?
0: Well, one of the things that we're seeking to kind of as we kind of want to get that flywheel going for not just those teams that stop, but for the whole of church, uh, we're going to be utilizing Ministry Grid. Uh,
1: has this ramped up? online training for you as a church or you've already had a culture of doing online training
0: before this? We we probably, it wasn't embedded in our culture, um, but we, we certainly see this as an opportunity to now, we want to we want all of church to go through that team member layer and to, to get the sense of ministry grid and using that online training and what it looks like then to, um, and think about how we can then potentially flip the classroom, that idea that the guys talk about in terms of not just Doing a training night and delivering all the knowledge transfer, um, but doing that knowledge transfer through online training, and then still doing the training night, but then actually landing it in more practical applications. So, that,
1: so I mean, that's one of the objections. You know, lead, developing leaders is about discipleship; it, yeah. it is about character formation. Yeah. But you're, you know, you, you're farming that out to a to to an online. Yeah, an you know, online tool.
0: Yeah, and I I'd, I sympathise with some of those objections. Like I'm an extrovert and um, I think it was Rory Shiner at the relaunch conference, the little one-liner he had of um, physical presence is real presence. I think there's truth in that. And I don't want to give up on our team's meeting together physically. But this, the Ministry Grid tool is an adjunct to the training that we want to deliver. Mm. and It's a, a helpful thing that we can think about using, particularly... Now as our whole culture has um, jumped through working from home, learning about doing online, uh, people have been upskilled in that. Um, we want to think wisely and theologically about how we may use that for our advantage in the and,
1: church. And I think you know, high tech, high touch, I'll throw out another, <laughs> another phrase. What, what I mean by that, I mean you can deliver a whole bunch of knowledge, mm. which, is, which is a small percentage of, uh, you know, of training mm. a person. Uh, you can do that efficiently as well. Mm. You know, you don't have to deliver a whole bunch of courses and 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 face to face programs. It's also great for the learner as well. For the learner who uh, who needs to watch and re and review, or who yeah. much prefers to read, you know, yeah. a transcript of what you've done. You can go, y- back, you through you can go back through it. Yeah. Uh, and then you can come, you know, come prepared and ready to go. Where you where you still want to test for understanding, mm. uh, you also still want to have that. Face to face, Tom. So you can, you know, do the on the job, you yeah. know, practical training, which is primarily where most of it's going to be. So have a good feedback tool, um, and be yeah. and be regularly giving feedback as well. Now, um, I, ca- I kind of want to finish there, but as we as we push in the tool toolbox, you've talked about Ministry Grid. Uh, so at the moment, there is a there is a promotion where it's it's free for you to trial. Yeah. We want to want to push people towards checking out Ministry grid and we'll put a link in the show notes to that. Uh, but now, you know, now it is free for three months, so it's a perfect time to check it out. Uh, w- you know, one, one tip for implementing that well, what would you say to a church who's just going to jump on that for the, for the first time?
0: Uh, I think it's uh, get your, you want to layer your implementation. So one of the ways we've started implementing it is getting our whole staff team on board first. And you want to actually get everyone through the experience and then move to your leaders. Um, And then now we're seeing this as an opportunity now. We've done those two kind of layers. Now we're going, okay, let's move this through our whole church.
1: So a stage process. Also take the opportunity to catch up with Tom, Elaine or Sarah. You know, they're willing to spend half an hour, an hour actually talking through the process. Okay, Scott, so what is your one thing when practically restarting teams?
0: Don't assume it's going to go all back the way it was. Uh, We want to love people work out where they're at, Have those. Um, work hard at having those re-recruitment conversations. And for our ministries, don't just assume they're going to restart the way they were also. We want to think um, wisely about how they may look different as we go back.
1: Well, if you like what you've heard today on The One Thing, we'd appreciate it if you'd just take a moment to rate the show on iTunes and uh, ask us a question. We want to, we want to keep being a, uh, a podcast and a resource for you and your ministry. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.